0: Hello, Mike Chernow.
1: Hey, Mike. Suzanne Dalbanco calling from Catalyst for Payment Reform. How's it going?
0: Great. How are you?
1: I'm doing pretty well. So I'm calling you today to talk about why we need to evaluate payment and other kinds of reforms in healthcare and how we go about doing evaluations. Uh, But we have an audience listening in today, so I'm hoping you could first uh, just start by giving them a little information about your background and why it is that I'd be calling you about this topic.
0: Terrific. I am a health economist um, in the Department of Healthcare Policy at Harvard Medical School, and I study a range of different interventions to control healthcare spending growth, including amongst them are payment reforms.
1: So what kinds of evaluations have you done of payment and delivery reforms, and maybe you can name some programs people might be familiar with, or just describe the types of uh, programs you've evaluated?
0: Sure. So we did a large multi-year evaluation of a population payment reform program implemented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Massachusetts called the of Quality Contract, Um, following it over four years. We're actually continuing doing some work uh, with my colleague, Mike McWilliams. We've done a number of studies evaluating the Accountable Care Organization Program in Medicare, which is probably the best-known population-based payment program. We've also done some evaluations of the Global Hospital Budgeting Program in the state of Maryland with uh, a colleague in Oregon, John McConnell, we have done some work evaluating payment reform. Again, population-based payment reform in Oregon. Their model is called the CCO program. Um, that's in Medicaid. So essentially, my work has spanned commercial, Medicare, and Medicaid. We are moving now to do some evaluations of episode-based payment models. The one that is furthest along is an evaluation of episode-based payment in Arkansas, which is a state that leads the episode-based payments movement we're doing a lot of ongoing work with the folks in Arkansas. So those are the main payment reform models that we've been studying.
1: Got it. And is is there one approach to doing an evaluation or you know how much do you have to customize it for the program you're evaluating?
0: I think that what academics like myself do for a living is look at the program as implemented and try and come up with the most rigorous ways to evaluate them. Sometimes that is easier than other times. There's a lot of standard methodological concerns that I won't bore you with, things related to control groups and stuff like that. But is um, a general premise: all the programs are different because the context. In which they're implemented is different, and it's the job of the evaluator to find ways to understand the impact of the program in that setting.
1: So, why should employers be pushing for more evaluation, or even volunteering to have their own programs evaluated today? You know, sort of what's the state of the evidence, and why? Why do you think we need more evaluation uh, as of now?
0: Sure. So, let me say um, you may or may not uh, realize I'm also the chair of the. Benefits Committee at Harvard University, which advises the provost on what Harvard as an employer should do for their healthcare benefits. And Harvard is not alone in worrying a lot about the increase in healthcare spending and worrying a lot about the well being of its employees. And our projected trends, five ish percent, are really not sustainable over the long run. So we have to do something. As you might imagine on our benefits committee, there's a lot of very knowledgeable people about the evidence and healthcare policy and a range of things like that. We're actually blessed. I'm actually blessed with a lot of wonderful colleagues. We also pay a consulting firm and an employee benefit consulting firm to help advise us that works for a lot of different employers. Um, And I will tell you that our meetings would be a lot quicker and our path forward a lot clearer if we knew what really worked. And so my perspective is, That most employers understand that controlling healthcare spending growth is imperative for their success as a company, and they're looking for strategies that they can use that will help stem the tide of rising healthcare spending growth, but they have to do it in a way that doesn't unduly harm their workers. Of course, benefits are a benefit to the workers, and so there's just a remarkable lack of evidence about the impact of some of these programs. You can go back in history and find certain things. I'll pick on disease management. I don't mean to if people on the phone are really um, uh, vested in disease management, but I think that's an example where the enthusiasm got way ahead of the evidence. And given all the effort that's going into controlling healthcare spending and improving value, I think it's important for the evidence to keep up. So, Individual employers can gain by understanding the impact of their programs, maybe tweaking their programs in particular ways, and more broadly, by allowing evaluations, they help contribute to the public good of knowing how well different types of models work. There's a lot of important, outstanding questions for which there's relatively little information, and the more we can understand what's happening, the more we can avoid wasting time on things that don't work and trying to improve things that show potential.
1: Well, you know, I'll take some responsibility for the fact, as our name implies, that we helped catalyze a big payment reform movement, so there's been a flurry of activity and lots of implementation. But I think in that tizzy, people maybe didn't proportionately emphasize the need to actually figure out if what they were implementing was going to work. <laughs> so um, we're we're kind of playing catch-up here at CPR and really trying over the last year and a half and going forward to, you know, highlight the need to do these evaluations. So, um you know, if you don't have the the perfect scenario where you start a really clean experiment and at the start you figure out what are the metrics you're going to use to decide if it worked or not, and you know make sure you have all the data um, you're going to need to do that, you know let's let's go to the messy real world. You know what what can employers do or what do they need to think about at the start of a new program to ensure that they're going to be able to decide if it worked or not?
0: yeah so first, let me say, I would not slow down or delay or otherwise um, diminish the the implementation of something because you're trying to work through evaluation. I think that evaluators can do their best to understand if things are working. I think that um, what employers really need to do is find the right partners to help them think through what how they might evaluate the program as they want to do it. My personal view is except in some exceptional cases that any one employer's program is probably too small in a sample size sense to necessarily identify exactly what happened for that program. That's not always true. Some employers are bigger. Um, But by pooling their data, by working with others, by working with evaluators that may have access to other data, you may be able to actually leverage the experience you have with data coming from the outside to help understand if the program worked. I think one of the biggest challenges, which is not something that employers should worry a ton about, is figuring out what the right control group is. I think the recent slowdown in spending around the recession made a lot of people think what they happened to be doing then must be working. And then the uptick in spending suggested, well, Maybe they were just benefiting from favorable general trends. So coming up with the right control group is what's important. That's very hard for any single employer to do. So finding the right partner, people that might have the right data, working with their – sometimes their insurance carrier may have data from other uh, clients. For example, they may have other clients that have implemented similar programs that could be, be pooled together to understand if the particular program in question is working. Um, those are the type of things that one needs to – about, and my general sense, and I realize this is self-serving, but I also believe it, is talking to people that think about evaluations for a living is probably a better course of action than trying to ponder how you would do the exact evaluation internally.
1: I think one of the other important points that I would make is that all of us would love it if there was just a thumbs up or thumbs down on the different approaches that people are, you know, taking right now. So, wouldn't it be great if we could decide that bundled payment is always great or, uh, you know, an accountable care organization model, um, you know, never works. But the truth is, as you, as you put it, the context ultimately impacts how well some of these reforms work. So it's not just about, you know, did it work or didn't it work, but also, you know, what context was it in and what lessons can be drawn or what can we learn about what's not working so we can make tweaks to make it better. So, it's not a clean business. It's more of a messy business, and I think you've helped outline that a little bit. Um, so, uh, Mike, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us.
0: Yeah, and let me just add, and I'll, I'll make a plug for you, Suzanne. I agree with that. The work that you've done at CPR to come up with uh, templates of, of related to measurement and program traits ends up very, being very important to allow people to put more nuance behind what do you mean when you do a population-based payment model or an episode payment model or something like that So, thank you for the work you've done, both catalyzing payment reform, as your name suggests, and helping to build the information necessary for folks to do rigorous empirical evaluations.
1: Well, we learn a lot from the experts, including you. So, thanks, Mike, and uh, thanks again for talking.
0: Thank you.